Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I took it. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems, too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and, of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Deep breath of the crisp, pine-scented air as I surveyed the quiet campground nestled deep within Yosemite National Park. As a park ranger, solitude was part of the job, but tonight felt different. The stillness of the forest was interrupted by a strange, childlike whisper that sent shivers down my spine. I'm Chris, a lone ranger stationed at this remote campground. I'm not your typical ranger. Besides my love for the great outdoors, I'm also an occasional jiu-jitsu master and computer geek. But none of that mattered now as I strained my ears to decipher the eerie whispers that seemed to emanate from the woods. With no other campers around, curiosity compelled me to investigate the source of the sound. I followed the whispers, my heart pounding in my chest as they grew louder and more unsettling. They led me to a massive, ancient tree standing alone in the heart of the forest. As I approached the tree, the whispers intensified, filling the air with an unsettling aura. I circled the tree, and to my surprise, I discovered a hidden entrance concealed by gnarled roots. It was as if the tree was guarding the secret that lay beneath. With my flashlight in hand, 
I descended into the hidden network of caves beneath the forest floor. The air grew damp and heavy, carrying the scent of decay. My heart raced as the beam of light revealed row upon row of human bones, a chilling testament to the cave's dark history. A cold chill ran down my spine as I realized that these remains were over a century old. It seemed that roughly a hundred human corpses rested here, their souls trapped within these cavernous walls. I was treading on unhallowed ground, an unwelcome guest in this domain of the forgotten. Accidentally, I placed my foot upon a fragile bone, and a sickening crack echoed through the cave. The whispers abruptly ceased, replaced by an ominous silence. Panic set in as I realized I had attracted the attention of an unknown predator that had been lurking in the depths of the darkness. I scrambled to find a hiding spot, my mind racing to concoct a plan of escape. The creature's whispers returned, now laced with anger and hunger. It was closing in on my location, inch by agonizing inch. With nowhere to run, I found a narrow alcove and pressed myself against the rough cave wall praying that it would be enough to conceal me from the creature's sight. My heart pounded against my ribs as the whispers grew louder, reverberating through my very being. Minutes felt like hours as I clung to the hope that I had eluded the predator's gaze. Finally, the whispers began to fade, their malevolence receding into the abyss. The creature had moved on, leaving me trembling in the darkness. As the silence settled upon the cave once more, I knew I had to make my escape. Slowly, cautiously, I ventured out of my hiding place, every step calculated to avoid making even the slightest sound. With each passing moment, the fear and madness that had threatened to consume me subsided. I emerged from the cave's gaping maw, the sunlight warming my face like a long-lost friend. I knew then that I would never return to that place, haunted by whispers and the specter of unimaginable horror. I don't like to talk about this incident or even have any thoughts about it because I really feel like whatever I saw could still possibly be watching me or following me in some way, but I feel like in this community I could get some answers. On July 7th of last year, my boyfriend and I decided to go to a lake called Boiling Springs located in central Pennsylvania to do a late night photo shoot because he wanted to do something special for me on my birthday. We got to the lake around 11.30 p.m., and surprisingly when we got there we both were calm, happy and ready to take some pictures. I felt zero negative feelings or any type of negative presence in the air. We took some at the pool house, and then we eventually made it to the lake area. We decided to lay down a blanket by a very old sycamore tree and watch the stars. Still, no feeling of negative presence in my body was on zero alert of having to fight or flight. To the left of us and more so behind us, there was a gathering of brush and trees where it was completely dark and you couldn't see in. We were casually laughing and talking until all of a sudden we heard what we thought were dogs, then coyotes, and then they started to whimper as if they were being attacked or in pain. I said, what is that? I then started to be more alert. Probably just a neighbor's dog, he said. Probably about five minutes after the whimpering stopped, I heard something heavy being dragged through the brush towards us. I got up on my knees with my heart beating out of my chest. I said, get up. My boyfriend just kept sitting there still not very phased. 
About ten seconds later, I looked through the brush more, and about only eight feet away from me knelt a glowing white, bone-thin being on all fours digging in the dirt below it. Now, I don't have the best vision, so about three different theories went through my head at once. Deer? Wolf? Person? Then my stomach dropped and tears welled in my eyes and my gut told me that whatever it was was not any of these. My body and mind told me that this was not something that I've seen before or have ever encountered, or even of this earth or dimension. I don't even remember getting up from the blanket, but my body jolted up and I started crying. What is that? I have never felt that level of fear. And the weirdest part. No response. Just kept digging and digging with its white front limbs. I wanted to scream, but nothing came out. I thought I was going to pass out. I ran over behind the sycamore tree close to us, yet my boyfriend stayed sitting on the blanket, but I could tell he was terrified too. What are you? he yelled. When he said, what, and not, who, I knew that what we were looking at was no human and not even an animal. It stopped digging. Didn't look over at us, but talked in a language neither of us have ever heard. It sounded ancient, like no one had spoken that dialect for centuries. My boyfriend asked, what? No response. He then asked, are you a trail hiker? Slight pause, then it said in a deep bone chilling voice, yes. Nothing after. He then nervously said, oh, hi, are you traveling north or south? South. Still no more exchange of words until my boyfriend finally knew this wasn't right and stood up fast and said, well, sorry, my girlfriend and I were in your space. We're leaving now. At this point, I had tears streaming down my face. My heart was vibrating my entire body, and I could barely even move normally because of how much fear had taken over my body. Somehow, we still managed to gather our things and run back to our car. We didn't say a word to each other until we got to the car. I honestly don't even remember the drive home, but I do remember I couldn't stop laughing from disbelief. It was almost like I disassociated on the ride home. The next day was my birthday and I was home alone in the morning. It was a sunny day, no clouds in the sky, but still I was alone and I felt like I was being watched. I went out and did errands before my birthday celebration and went to my salon just to be in public and around people. An old co-worker of mine was someone I confided in about it, and she actually grew up in Boiling Springs, Pennsylvania. She told me that she remembers there were random reports of cattle being mutilated and even UFO sightings as well. She told me to never go back there at night. Check the pictures you took that night. I've been told many times. I've checked and checked and there's nothing odd about any of them and no sighting of the creature. This was a life-changing event for me. It's something that will never leave my mind. The core feeling I felt when I saw it digging in the ground just a few feet away from me, I'll never forget. I think the most sickening aspect about this whole situation is that it was the eve of my birthday. That's just too personal and too ironic since we used to go there for months before that incident at night. Please everyone comment your thoughts. I would love to hear feedback from people who have had encounters as well. Other incidents have happened since then. Nothing that raw or unsettling, but more evidence that I have been marked. Everyone be safe and thank you for giving your time to read about my encounter.
I grew up on a farm way down south. I'm not going to give any exact locations. It was weird then, and it's probably weird now. And if I tell the entire internet where it's located, it's likely not going to get better. In the 80s, our community was extremely isolated. It was one small town surrounded closely by a few small family-owned farms, including mine. No distinguishing features for miles around, other than the forest near town. That forest was thick, it was old, it was big, and most of the locals swore it was haunted. Maybe some of you guys reading this will understand what I mean when I try to emphasize the complete isolation you experience growing up in a place like that. It's not quite as bad now, but when I was growing up, you could drive for literally hours without ever seeing another sign of human life. Most of you who are reading this are never going to know how this feels. You're completely, totally isolated. If you scream at the top of your lungs, nobody will hear you. Nobody will come running. Nobody will call the police. You are alone. This is going to be important later. Now, back then, on the rare occasion that I had an evening off where I had no chores to do and no schoolwork, I generally had to make my own fun. When I was young, I stuck to playing on the farm with whatever toys I could find. Due to how isolated our community was, the most advanced piece of equipment we had was a tractor, so no television or anything of that sort. As I grew older, I eventually perhaps naturally grew inclined to want to explore the forest a little. But every time I would approach my dad about it, he would sternly put me off the idea. If I'm remembering right, he used to tell me stories about bogeymen who lived in the trees and ate children who entered the forest at night. They worked on a 12-year-old, but by the time I was 17, I was more curious than anything. And one night, after I was completely sure that my parents were asleep, I snuck out of the house and off the farm and went to the woods. It was pitch black out by that point, of course, so I brought along the only flashlight we had, which was more like a lantern casing with a bulb inside of it and only gave modest illumination. I walked around for maybe half an hour, trying to find something worth investigating. There were no trails leading into it, nothing of that sort, or so I thought. After around 20 minutes of searching, I came across what looked like a footpath leading into the woods. Of course, this surprised me and drew my interest, because as far as I knew, the woods were totally untamed. I'm sure most of you think I'm an idiot by this point, and I agree with you heartily, but I was 17. I was a dumb kid, and the thought that there were people and things out there who could and would hurt or kill me given half the chance just hadn't fully registered with me. I went into the woods. The path was fairly long, and as I went, I started noticing this smell. There aren't many scents as vile as rotten flesh, and it's ten times worse when you're as far down south as I was, where the heat starts to bake it until it's stuck to the ground. Whatever I was smelling, though, it was something like that, but kicked up on adrenaline. If I hadn't been a dumbass at the time, that would have been enough to make me turn back. But I was more curious than ever to find out what was making that smell. I kept going. I was totally fixated on the path ahead of me, and it didn't help that the lantern wasn't giving very good light. When I finally reached the end, the smell was so strong I was near ready to puke. The path lead right into a clearing, maybe about as wide and tall across as a medium-sized house, smack dab in the middle of the forest. I don't remember the details very well, 
because this was years ago and I got the F out of there pretty fast, but a few details stuck with me. First, there was a slab of stone sitting in the middle of the clearing. It looked like somebody had broken it off of a boulder with a pickaxe or something and dragged it through the trees to get it there, and it had some kind of dark rubbery coating over it. Second, there was a big pile of dirt in the clearing and a hole next to it. Somebody had been digging, and the smell was coming from the hole. Third, further back in the clearing, somebody had built a hut, a really shitty one. It looked like it was barely standing, didn't have any windows. As I got close to it, I realized that the smell was also coming from inside of the hut, even more strongly than from inside of the hole, and the door was hanging open. I stood there for a few seconds. By that point, even I was smart enough to be worried that I had stumbled onto something I shouldn't have, but I decided to look inside of the hut. The closer I got, the harder it was to tolerate that smell, and when I pushed the door open further, a wave of it rolled out onto me and the air in there was oven hot. The sun was baking it. Finally, I was able to see what was inside of the hut. Dead livestock, goats, chickens, at least one cow. I could see other shapes I didn't recognize or that weren't quite illuminated enough for me to make them out. They were piled up in the hut, thrown in carelessly like so many sacks of potatoes. The light was reflecting off of the goat's eyes, staring back at me. Most of them had huge gashes across the throat, like they'd been bled to death, and they were rotting in the heat. This was where the smell was coming from. I don't remember what happened next that well. I do remember that seeing that was finally enough to make my dumb ass realize that it was time to get the F out of that forest. I turned and I ran for it, as fast as my legs could carry me, holding the lantern up high so I didn't trip. I don't know what it was, why I felt that way, but my instincts were screaming bloody murder, and I knew on a gut level that if I fell, I was going to die. It might have just been my imagination but I swear I heard footsteps following me from the clearing, more than one set. I don't remember anything else specific from the time I decided to cut and run to the time I got out of the woods. All I remember is that I was just about having a heart attack of sheer terror and absolutely certain that somebody or something was chasing me. I turned the lantern off as I ran and made straight for town, and when I got close enough to be familiar with the terrain, I hid behind a rock and waited but nobody came. Nobody was following me. I went back home, still scared as shit, and woke my dad to tell him what I had found. I still remember the look on his face when I finished, just as well as I remember what he told me next taking me by the shoulders, as dead serious as I'd ever seen him. He told me not to tell a single person, not even my closest friend, not even my mother, what I'd seen in that forest. He made me promise, and when he was finally satisfied that I understood him, he paddled my ass so hard I had trouble sitting for a few days after and sent me back to bed. True to my word, I never told anybody else what I'd seen. Things were weird in town for a few days after, though I do remember that much. Everybody was tense with one another, way more than they usually were, like something was about to happen. Nothing did though, and after a few weeks had passed, things were back to normal. Until today, I've never told a single soul besides my dad what happened that night, and he passed away back in 2009. I don't know what would have happened to me if I'd tripped. I don't know what they were doing in that clearing who was doing it, 
or why, but I do know this. There was something going on in that forest, something bad, and it wasn't the work of a bogeyman. My girlfriend and I were camping in the backyard in the west end of Council Bluffs, Iowa. The date was July 7, 1974. I noticed an object high in the sky traveling from horizon to horizon like a satellite, except it was red and traveling somewhat faster and moving side to side in a wave motion. Not a fixed pattern, but not exactly random either. It went much slower than a meteor. We stood up from our cots to better watch the skies. A short time later we saw a disc-shaped object with red lights on its perimeter from a distance of about two miles. It seemed to be moving above the trees near the Missouri River or following the river itself. It was not quite hovering, but moving slowly while tipping on its sides and demonstrating to us that this was something very unusual. We watched it head south until we lost it below the trees. We stayed alert and debated if we should go to Lewis and Clark Monument, a park on the bluffs overlooking Council Bluffs in Omaha. About five or ten minutes after last seeing the object, it flew almost directly over our heads, about a block away, now going north and still just above treetop level. We lost sight of it and decided to go ahead and drive to the park. On the way, we were driving through Big Lake Park and I was keeping watch. I saw the object coming in our direction, still at treetop level, except I had the eerie feeling that it was coming for us. We panicked. I wanted to hide under the train bridge near the tennis court, and my girlfriend stopped the car about 50 yards short of the bridge. We ran to and under the bridge to hide. I've never experienced that kind of fear before or since, but like a couple of prairie dogs we felt compelled to peek out and see more of this incredible object. So we did. It was hovering above a large cottonwood tree near the tennis court about 50 to 75 yards away from us. It was still dark out. The disc looked about 100 feet in diameter with large red rectangular lights flashing in sequence around its edge, which seemed to be about 15 feet thick. As we watched, frozen with awe and fear, it dipped its edge while hovering. One of the red lights went out and in its place a beam of light shot out of it and shined directly at us. The next thing either of us remember is that it was now daylight and we were back in the car driving towards our original destination of Lewis and Clark Monument. We called police and they said they had a report of something in Missouri Valley, Iowa, about 20 miles to the north. Animals were behaving strangely. Either they were oddly quiet or behaving wildly. When we drove back through Big Lake Park, there were people there who said they saw nothing. I don't really know how much time we are talking about here. In 1974, I had never heard of the phenomenon of missing time, but over the years I became well-schooled with the term. We make no claims of abduction. Dr. Kasher of the University of Nebraska at Omaha, after hearing my story, referred me to a hypnotist. I never went, maybe out of fear. I was afraid to know anymore. To this day, I feel I know enough. My girlfriend and I went home that morning and drew identical pictures and repeated identical stories. You have to understand at the time I thought the world was coming to an end or something. In 1977, an article came out in Popular Mechanics about an incident that happened very near there involving a blob of molten metal falling 500 feet from an object similar in description to what we saw. 
Jackie's Valley came to investigate that occurrence. That is why I repeat my story and will always harbor these hazy memories and questions. I've never seen or experienced anything like that since, but I feel it in my gut every day. When I was in the Marine Corps, we had an exercise out in Arizona retrieving airdrop supplies. It was a way for the C-130 pilots to practice. I drove the lead Humvee and manned the radio. The only other vehicle was a truck with a boom to recover the pallets. We drive probably 45 minutes outside of Yuma down the interstate to Dateland, then drive another 20-30 minutes down a dirt road to the middle of nowhere in the desert. We'd then wait a few hours for the C-130s to show up. They'd make probably 10-15 passes, then finally would drop the supplies. This all took several hours, so it wasn't unusual that we'd end up retrieving the pallets in the dark, then driving back in total darkness in the middle of nowhere with no lights but our headlights for miles. Our last day doing this, we had finally loaded up the pallets, and it was already dark as hell. If you're not aware, the headlights in military vehicles are pretty much electric candles, so you can't see shit. Well, as we were driving back to Dateland, just kind of zoned out as our teeth rattled out of our head humvees don't ride very good on rutted roads, I suddenly catch a glimpse of several silhouettes of human bodies in my peripheral vision at the side of the road. They were gone just as fast as they had appeared, so it startled the shit out of me. I didn't know what was going on, but I kept driving anyways. Not five minutes later, I see silhouettes of people scattering in both directions just beyond the light of my headlights directly in front of me. I stop and don't see anything, so I keep going. What could this be? I was driving through northwestern Connecticut at around 12.15 this morning, just enjoying the quietness of the road. The night was dark, with only my headlights illuminating the path ahead. As I continued along the deserted road, something caught my attention in the distance. There, walking on the road, was a figure. It stood at an astonishing height of around eight feet, towering over everything around it. My curiosity peaked, and I couldn't help but wonder who or what it could be. I decided to turn on my high beams to get a better look. As the bright light flooded the area, the figure came into focus. It was completely black, almost as if it absorbed the light around it. The size of this being was remarkable, with a muscular and imposing build that sent shivers down my spine. It appeared to be humanoid in shape, but there was something unsettling about its presence. What happened next sent a chill down my spine. As soon as the figure noticed my high beams piercing through the darkness, it seemed to react. Its pace quickened, almost like a speed walk, as if it didn't want to be exposed to the light any longer. In a matter of seconds, it vanished into the nearby woods, blending seamlessly with the surrounding darkness. I was left stunned, my mind racing to comprehend what I had just witnessed. What was that creature? What was it doing out there on that desolate road in the dead of night? The questions swirled in my head, but I had no answers. I grew up a hardcore atheist and non-believer in the paranormal. Even the thought of E.T., life forms with technology capable of light-speed travel seemed far-fetched and improbable. 
God seemed impossible, and if God did exist according to a scripture, I felt like he was a being without good morals. Around 2017, I became more of an agnostic who shattered his ideals of absolution, but still needed evidence for proof. I don't claim to know what could or could not be out there anymore. All I know is that the possibility remains. My father lives off Highway 44 between St. James and Cuba, Missouri. For several years, he has had strange events and sightings at his house and in his area. Going back to 2018, my father, my brother, and I were out at the barn late at night, roughly 10 p.m., doing work on my father's truck. We usually have some type of firearm nearby. As I was smoking a cigarette outside of the barn, I felt really uneasy. Nothing had happened out of the ordinary, but I felt like I was being watched by someone having a scope on my forehead. The neighbors live about a quarter mile down the road on one side of my father's house, and on the other side is an open field. In front of the house is the road with the woods on the other side of the road and behind the house is about four acres of land stretching all in a square that is mostly open with scattered trees and the forest is the edge of the property. I felt like the threat was coming from the woods behind the house. I told my father and brother that they felt fine. He told me that if I felt off to shoot several slugs in that direction. So I shot three slugs off into the woods. I didn't hear anything more, but the feeling persisted for about another 10 minutes or so. I figured I was psyching myself out and didn't think much of the situation. This happened near late summer or early fall, I believe. Nearly a year later in mid-July, I went back down there. This time my father instructed me to listen for a sound. It was nearly inaudible. It sounded like a heartbeat coming from the floor of his house. It was only possible to hear it if everything was dead silent and your head was near the floor. Nothing shook, but the sound was so consistent that it persisted at all times of the day and for over several months. I asked him if it was still happening when I left, and he would always tell me that it was, until about October, I believe. It was odd, to say the least, but it never made me feel unsafe. However, in September I went down there for a weekend and had one of the scariest encounters of my life. I felt like a small child who wanted to cry for help. My father, my brother, their dog, and my cousin all went to town. So instead of sleeping on the couch, I went to sleep in my father's room. It was roughly 8-10 a.m. when I went to sleep on his king-sized memory foam mattress. I don't know how much time had passed when I fell back to sleep, but I was suddenly woke from my slumber when I felt the bed slightly moved. I figured the dog had jumped up, but I was so tired I didn't even open my eyes. Seconds later, the bed violently raised and slammed up and down for what seemed to be about 10-20 seconds. Scared out of my mind, I was paralyzed still. I didn't hear anything other than the bed slamming and the box fan being swept across the floor. As soon as it stopped, I opened my eyes and looked around the small room. There was a closet near the door that was closed and the door that was cracked open, which is not unusual. Afraid to move for nearly 20 minutes, I just sat there. I was hoping that nothing was in the closet. I grabbed the shotgun near the bed and opened up the closet and it was empty. I then checked the rest of the house. Some open windows with the screen still in and both doors leading outside bolted locked. I proceeded to look online if an earthquake had happened. 
It didn't make sense because the box fan had been moved nearly five feet and was on the floor face down. My family returned after this incident about two hours later, and I kept silent because I forced myself to believe it was my imagination. Nearly two years later, in 2021, the unexplained phenomena started to happen on almost a weekly basis. My brother moved out, so the only two people who noticed it were me when I was down there and my father. He started off the conversation when I arrived there one Friday night with, I am not on drugs, but I need your eye to tell me if I'm going insane. Since I was more open-minded at this time, I agreed to listen and look at what he wanted to show me. It was nearly 11 p.m., and he instructed me towards his room to shut off his lights. What I saw was a silhouette humanoid figure that would almost leave tracers of itself as it would walk between two different trees in the backyard, from point A to point B. However, at point B, the figure would basically teleport back to point A and repeat the cycle. It also happened in my brother's room, except the figure would seemingly disappear and reappear behind multiple different trees, but still in a pattern. I honestly thought my father's eyes and my eyes were playing tricks on us, and I was feeding off his delusions. That's until I saw a light flashing in the woods. It looked yellowish-orange, but it flickered three times right at the house in three-second intervals that would slowly fade down. He didn't see it at that time, nor did he tell me about it. But when I told him what I had just seen, it was as if I had just confirmed his fears. He said that he had also seen lights in the same area of the woods. We both covered our windows that night with blackout sheets and slept with a firearm next to our bed. I would also hear almost stomping sounds in the attic late at night almost any time I was down there for a two, three day period. Too scared to check, we just ignored it. I've also seen rusted metal illuminate green, which is highly odd. For the first time, I saw the shadows before I convinced myself they were real. I coughed up multiple ideas as to what was causing them. Maybe it was the moon in the clouds. Nope, it was a new moon and there was a single cloud in the sky. Maybe it was something like a bird, bat, bug flying around the pole lights. The pole lights don't reach the edge of the woods and the silhouette was so dark it was as if some mass had to be right there. These are all my first-hand accounts. I have several other accounts I could add to these, but it could just be more of a coincidence than actual strange occurrences. I don't scare easily, nor do I usually believe in the supernatural, but I'm now a believer. I was fishing a lazy little river bend in southern Indiana one summer. I had ridden my motorcycle into the middle of nowhere stopped to fish off of a little dirt road. A few hours later, I had wandered up and down the bank a good ways. I end up getting pretty hung up in what appeared to be a decently deep area. After fighting the line for a bit, I decided to cut the line and my losses and call it a day. I took my knife and snipped the line, started back up the bank towards the bike and noticed a glint of something shinning in the water. I got closer waited for the current to clear up a bit and could make out a car bumper. I got down in the water a bit and could make out an old 70s-ish sedan sitting almost nose up in the water. Extremely intrigued, I decided to come back in a few days when the water cleared up. We had just got a decent amount of rain, so cloudy water conditions. I come back a few days later. 
Water cleared up well, and since its flows for a while over limestone, it was mostly clear. I could make out several cars down in the water. Two old sedans and a pickup. They had been there for a very long time. Years at least. I called the local DNR to report it. They said they'd send someone out to take a look. I end up in the area a few months later and just swing by out of blind wonder and the deep hole was devoid of all cars. No telling what the hell the deal was. It did freak me out at first. Sorry for the rant. Lots of coffee this M.M. So just like that, something I couldn't see lifted the edge of my bed. I had my TV on a static channel, but had recently gotten in trouble for all my lights being on at night. I've always been afraid of what's in the dark. But my parents couldn't afford the light bill, so I knew I had to turn it off before I fell asleep. I finally got the guts to do so, and I nestle in under my covers to cower until I fall asleep. I'm drifting a little bit, happy nothing scared me that night when all of a sudden the top right corner of my bed in relation to me lifts up a good foot and a half before falling back down, thumping me along with it. I had just a mattress cause I liked that sort of thing, just laying on the floor by the wall. They didn't lift at all, just the corner by my head. A holes. I jump up so fast and ran to the living room. I checked on all my siblings, checked to hear if my mom and dad were sleeping, and everyone in the house was. I woke my parents reluctantly, but I was sobbing. They told me I could sleep in the living room, but I got the creeps and they're worse, so I just broke the rules and went to bed with the lights on. But literally to this day I am taken aback. The memory doesn't scare me, it's been a good 15 years and I now threaten the things I can't see back like a crazy head, so they know I mean business, but it was so real. It happened, and I can't explain it from today's science. Had to be a ghosty or something. So this happened years ago, easily seven plus. I was hanging out late night or early morning with this chick I had been talking to. Throughout the night, we had been enjoying the night sky, looking at the moon which was very high in the sky, and just overall enjoying a beautiful summer night. It was around 2 a.m., 3 a.m., and she decided to walk home, leaving me alone to smoke a cigarette before I left myself. As I smoked, I looked up at the eastern horizon and just above the horizon line, I noticed what looked like a very dim, more dark planet. It was larger than the moon, probably 1.5 by the size of the moon that I could still visibly see much higher in the sky. This dim dark planet was moving very fast as the sun and moon also do when rising or setting. It rose rapidly and disappeared in the darkness of the night sky. What could this have been? I don't think it was image refraction in the atmosphere, as the moon was so far away from this planet's position in the sky, and it was too early for the sun to even be close enough to cause anything like this to occur. I'm very curious to hear ideas on what this could have been. I like to explain things logically and most things can be explained by everyday stuff. For example, someone says that there's a ghostly knocking in their home. They're terrified of it and it ends up being a loose pipe that knocks when the water is turned on and off. I have one of these pipes in my home. It's loud, 
So with that out of the way, I would like to share. This just happened to me about 10 minutes ago or less, and I'm confused and slightly alarmed. I was getting ready for bed and I like to sit and play on my phone before bed. The lights are all on and I'm just sitting on my side with my phone in my hand. My boyfriend isn't there at the moment he was in the bathroom. So I'm sitting there and all of the sudden I see a bright yet small and focused beam of light coming from seemingly under his pillow at an angle coming towards me. I wasn't scared of it. It's a light. I have many items that create light headphones, his watch, my phone, and more. So I'm thinking, oh, he must have forgot his watch in bed, and it made a weird light flash for a notification. Big problem, though. There's nothing under the pillow. I lifted it up and looked carefully as to not knock the thing out of the bed, whatever it may have been, and there's nothing. So I'm like, okay, maybe it rolled away, and I keep searching. I can't find the object or a source of this beam. The flash was only for a second, a full second. It wasn't super short, but it wasn't so fast that I could blame it on me imagining it. I was looking right at it, man. I saw the beam clear as day. It was so clear that I thought I must have left something in the bed, or maybe my boyfriend did. Clear as day. Right in front of my eyes. I couldn't find a source. I removed all the pillows and felt around. There's nothing. My headphones are not in the bed. My boyfriend's watch is in the other room. My phone was in my hand. His phone was on the floor charging. WTF. I told him and he was chill about it and is now sleeping directly on the spot where the ghost light was so that makes one of us chill with it. I'm not scared of it. Maybe I am, but I'm more curious and want to get to the bottom of this. I don't know any more guys. It was right in front of me clear as day. I don't know. It came from under the pillow and there's nothing there. There is a 900 plus acre farm, ranch that I hunt 10 to 15 minutes outside of Big Rapids, Michigan College town about 25,000 residents. I've known for years about the existence of Sasquatch. I have been an avid archery hunter for years and loved spending hours in the woods scouting and setting up new stands to hunt in the fall. On occasions, my sixth sense would go into overdrive while out scouting certain sections of this property. I would dismiss it as an overactive imagination and carry on with my mission. Multiple times while on stand, I would hear loud tree knocks from various points that surrounded me. I never thought too much into them as I would just dismiss those as natural sounds due to limbs clanking, banging, or busting. I would also notice rank and stagnant odors that would overwhelm my area from time to time. Again, I'd also dismiss these foul smells as possible black bear odors, as I've heard they stink and are quite abundant in our area. On one occasion, while walking into my stand, I heard what sounded like a rock skipping through the treetops, hitting up high and falling to the ground. I glanced in the general direction of the sound and didn't see anything. As I continued walking, I heard the same sound again. That this time it was closer, and as I looked towards the sound, I caught the movement of a two to three inch diameter rock falling out of the tree in which it had just impacted. I walked up to the rock, picked it up and stared up the tree, saying to myself, what the hell are the squirrels carrying these big rocks up the trees? You see the pattern here. Weird happens and I dismiss it as I'm 45 years young, 
and don't want to believe I have to deal with a Sasquatch or any other paranormal entity on the land on which I hunt. But the last incident finally got my attention, and I now acknowledge the fact that I could possibly be dealing with one of these beings. My son and I were heading out of the woods in a well-lit full moon night about an hour after dark. No flashlights needed. We had a one-half-mile walk back to our vehicle up this easily traversable stretch bottom that laid at the foot of large rolling hardwood hills and deep cutting ravines that extended to the creek's edge. We had sat pretty close in proximity to one another and had met up at dark to walk out together. Keep in mind that this is the same area that I've experienced tree knocks, rocks being thrown, and smells that could curl your toenails. We had covered the half-mile hike back to our origins, and were now standing outside of our vehicle offloading our gear into the back seat. I reached into the car and fired the engine while still standing outside of it as to shed some ambient light on our surrounding. I turned my back to the car it was in the process of evacuating my bladder when I heard what I thought was my son cranking the radio up in the car as loud as he could. I wheeled my head over to my over my shoulders to look at him and when I did I locked eyes with my son who stood on the other side of the car. I saw the fear in his eyes as he stood with his jaw open wide. He had not entered the car and turned up the radio. It was a scream, yell that had radiated from the bottom of which we had just exited minutes before. The loud bellowing lasted 10 or 15 seconds and was as loud as any music concert I've ever attended. Keep in mind, I'm six foot, 230 pounds, my son's six foot two and about 260. We're both armed with bows and knives and I had a 45 XDS Springfield on my side. My son and I jumped into the car, slammed the door shut, and peeled out like Bo and Luke Duke being chased by Roscoe P. Coltrane and Boss Hogg as dirt flew from our tires all the way out to the paved road. Normally we travel this half dirt two track at about 10 miles per hour. That night we may or may not have hit 50 miles per hour. We anxiously and excitedly talked about our experience together all the way back home. We've spent hundreds upon hundreds of hours in the woods and have hunted almost everything possible to hunt in our area. We have never heard any form of vocalization like this before. We rarely hunt this property anymore and never alone. As a matter of fact, the last time I sat in this area was two rifle seasons ago and I heard a larger tree fall over on a windless afternoon. I retreated back to the truck and basically called it quits for the day. I believe my husband and I saw a hellhound. We live in rural northern Idaho and we both hunt, so we know everything about animals, even in pitch darkness. We don't have regular plumbing. We have to turn on an electric well every morning to fill it up. Our tank can last us three to four days, but we like it filled, just in case. There are other tanks like that scattered in the woods, just waiting for someone to buy the land and build a home. We were taking a walk and it got dark so we went back home. However, on our way home we saw something, not human or animal, near one of the wells. It was hunched over like it was eating. We walked carefully closer, about 20 feet from this thing, trying to figure out what it is. Too large for a stray dog or wolf and too small for a bear. But whatever it was, it looked at us with red eyes. I've never been more scared in my life. 
My husband is scared of nothing, and he was scared too. We took off running. My God, we never ran so fast in our lives. It did chase for a while, then it just disappeared. We got to our house, and it was just gone. We knew it was behind us when we left the woods, but we couldn't see it. We locked all the windows and doors that night. We talked to one of the town locals about the thing we saw. He showed us a picture of a hellhound. He told us stories about people meeting the hellhound in the same area, always near a well, roads, crossroads, or places of death. Seeing him once will bring us happiness, seeing him twice will bring us sorrow, and seeing him three times will bring us an end. I don't know what we saw, but hellhound is the only explanation.